I did not have sexual relations with that woman. Yes or no, did you ever take banned substances to enhance your cycling performance? Yes. I had no prior knowledge of the planned assault on Nancy Kerrigan. I am deeply sorry for my irresponsible and selfish behavior I engaged in. Welcome back to Oops! The Podcast. Here we are again on our own, going down the only road. It's Julia Ho. How are you, pal? I'm good. Nice. <laughs> Call and response there. Coming in with the tenor part. Julio is looking trim right now. And it's because you've been ill. That's probably... Yeah, that's probably, the, that's probably why. The old illness diet. Yeah. I had a stomach thing in Ecuador. It sort of had... It appears to have had some sort of aftershock situation. I could just have like a parasite. I, I don't really know what's happening. I hope not. I, I'm improving, so I think maybe that's not the case. Mm. Um, I hope that, well, I said to you, you should stay sick because <laughs> you've never looked better. I have at some point looked better, but I appreciate it. I'm, I'm below my pre-pandemic weight. Wow. I know. It's a really, I mean, dude, what a nice silver lining when you just feel absolutely terrible for three days and can't do anything. When you previously felt absolutely terrible for three days and couldn't do anything. Is there any part of you that does not want to improve in terms of your health so that you can continue to shed pounds? <laughs> like, definitely not, because I think that that would start to mean that I was terminally ill. Oh, can you imagine? <laughs> that would <laughs> like, no, it sounds... <laughs> oh, no. It sounds terrible, yeah, obviously. Terrible. Um, but, dude, I'll tell you what. I mean, the best shape I've ever gotten in was when I got really skinny and then like got muscular on top of being really skinny. Really? That was the best. That's the way that I've been able to get in the best shape. I've never been able to like turn fat into muscle. I've just like gotten like bulky when I did that. I've get, never been able mm. to like work out hard and eat less. Like I've just, that just never really worked for me. You whittle it down to the bone and then you layer on top of the bone. I didn't do so. Funny story. The last time that this happened, and it hasn't happened yet. So, but the last, the beginning of this trend, I got really fucking sick when I was in St. Bart's. Mm. I got like, the, I think I got the dengue fever, mm. which is like an island disease you can get from mosquitoes. Um, and I got unbelievably sick. And then I lost a bunch of weight and it felt great. And then it kind of just like started me on this positive thing and I lost a shit ton of weight. Julio has a, a habit of, falling ill in wonderful destinations uh, no dude it's a bummer i guess i'm gonna have to stick it out a couple more days here in saint bart's i did i had i ended up having to stay for another four or five days woe is me i know but i couldn't i was bedridden bedridden yeah. and the fucking french doctor had to come to the hotel isn't bedridden an odd term bedridden yes it sounds is. like something that just tells people where you had sex i was bedridden ridden in bed <laughs> but it's the opposite of that dude i've been like a step behind francis's wordplay this morning he gave me an example of a move that he pulled in a text conversation with chris i didn't initially get it but now i do and i'm yes yeah, so so chris and i were texting and i think i texted him and then he said what's up bro migo and i wrote back not much chapel strudel <laughs> and I, I said that and i expected julia to laugh he did not and i didn't know if that was the dengue <laughs> but uh he said what does that mean and i said you know like apple strudel but i used chap 
which might be a cousin of bro and uh, chapel strudel like apple strudel. And then they kind of gave me and gave me a little acknowledgement. It's all right. I didn't get it either. Uh, dude, it's very, it's very, very Francis, very solid. I thought it was pretty good. Very dadly. I thought you made a spelling error. Yeah, you would do that. No, but I was like, Francis doesn't make spelling errors. He corrects himself. <laughs> sure this doesn't. must be on purpose. Did you think he meant like chapel, like prayer chapel? I honestly had no idea. You're just like, what is this? Do you even know what an apple strudel is, Chris? Yeah. What? <laughs> I'm just what wondering. Like born? Chris. I don't know. I'm wondering if that's like an our age group reference. Or I something. don't think Chris knows about baked goods. Let's. <laughs> Yeah, the fat kid doesn't know about baked goods. Let's walk him through <laughs> what a chapel strudel is. <laughs> Chris knows what a chapel strudel is. An apple is, strudel is like a turnover with apple filling on the inside. It's like a classy Pop-Tart. Yeah, it's nice. Oh, it's quite nice. It's flaky when done right. They're good. Yeah. yeah Are I, you an apple strudel kind of guy? My grandpa only eats like apple things, so mm. I've had every iteration of it. Tell us about your grandpa because he's got very, very picky eating uh sort of needs correct yeah i mean he's just like an old italian man he only eats what he likes and that's uh that's it and it's just italian food correct i mean pretty much yeah so he wouldn't he would not be on board if your family said we're ordering thai food oh no we get him pizza or something oh that's interesting my uncle <laughs> it's like my, a very strange this is some italian like shit. a baby dietary again. xenophobia <laughs> but my parents like my parents are more on the professorial diet do you know what the professorial diet is no is it alphabet soup no you like eat you eat like affordable <laughs> ethnic food uh-huh so like uh -huh. they're really into thai food like mm -hmm. thai food is a very professor food to me okay like thai food vietnamese like then maybe not vietnamese food but like whatever they eat like a lot of a lot of different kind of cuisines but it's never anything fancy like they don't eat french food i see you know what i mean um, i see so they eat that my uncle zio butch he only cooks like really italian stuff he makes really good orecchiette with broccoli rabe like classic italian shit he makes pasta like with like this bean sauce i forget what it's called pasta fagiol yeah um mm -hmm. he makes like all this kind of, he makes good sauce all the shit but he'll eat the other stuff but he uh prefers italian food so i understand that chris let me ask you a question do you know, do you guys eat Christmas cookies? Do you know like the fig thing? What? Well, do you guys eat pastries? Yeah. Okay. I don't know. Whatever. There's, there's these I think I know what you mean. It's those well, stores that sell like? those cookies that, that have the filling. The, the fig but one. They, you always get an assortment and there are about seven different types. And there's always that one that's like brown, pink, and green. So, okay. You which is disgusting. <laughs> you get that one mixed in if you get like the assorted kind. But during the holidays, they have a specific kind. What, is it look, what, are that? what does it look like? It just has like fig filling in it. Oh, what shape is uh, it? Kind of like, sort of like one of them's kind of like a pretzel. And there'll be like whole hazelnuts in them, but also like, I don't know, whatever. Don't you, you'd recognize it. It's okay. garbage. You'd probably call it something else. Oh. Cookies are garbage. I don't love them either, to be honest. I don't yeah. love uh, pastries. The only cookies I like that you can get from those sort of budget Italian stores. <laughs> budget Italian those stores. budget places. Fuck off, Francis. It's the ones that are, it, it, it's covered in chocolate on one, it's been dipped. Oh, yeah. And there's a healthy coating of chocolate, and then there's sort of that fig spread in between the two wafers. Oh, yeah. yeah. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. That one I can handle. The it's rest like a, like a are leaf. so forgettable. Dude, that's so funny. I love the budget Italian store. It sounded like even turn of the set, turn of like the 20th century talk. It's one oh, of those, those budget Italian stores. Yeah, it's one of those sort of bakeries that you'd find in Little Italy. 
where the whole storefront is glass and they they yeah. have the the you know the display, but everyone who works in there is just a front for whatever <laughs> oh sort of mob God. activity. Dude, this they're is into that's talk. what it is. Stay out of those neighborhoods, son. Yeah, organized crime is rampant. Well, let's move on from Italy. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to Italy in uh, in August. I know, I know. We t- I think we talked we about talked this about briefly. this. Do you have um, any updates? Uh, not really. Are you excited? I bought my flights using points. Fire, fire. Well we done. are flying coach. I don't even know if I can select seats. What airline? Air Emirates Air. Oh, dude, it's the best airline. Yeah, but I don't know if the coach is going to be. It's going to be, dude. It's the best. It's the number one airline in the world. But here's why I'm concerned. Okay. Okay. Because the the gulf between the coach price and the business class price it's like unaffordable was like five x. Yeah, yeah. Whereas the gulf between on on United or Air France or some of the Alitalia. Yeah, the the gulf between them was not as dramatic. Do you want to know why? Yeah, because in Emirates first class they give you an apartment. <laughs> I know, and I know, and then that was the first class on Emirates. But I was looking at like the I was looking at the business class. Oh yeah, which is still like better than first class of every other airline. Fine, but um, it makes me think that the coach class on Emirates is really bad. I don't think so. You don't think so? No, I think it's gonna be really really nice. It's like state subsidized. It's like the best airline in the this world. Is, this is where the anxiety stems from. Okay. It's it's not the flight and it's not the knowing that I probably will not sleep for a second or that I will have severe neck pain <laughs> or that I'll be pressing my temple up against the window of the airplane where so many hundreds of millions of passengers before me have left their they clean it so well. and eyeball boogies and all that shit. <laughs> I'm just going to be mashing faces with all these people, right? Okay. It's fast forwarding to the bleary-eyed, delirious stumble off of the plane in Italy, coming through the terminal, and all of a sudden it's like 11 a.m. where I am. I know, that's about And there. Chris, are you, what are you doing over there? <laughs> Chris is unwrapping a meal for himself, un- uncorking monster energy drinks, spilling it on himself, the world's loudest plastic bag. We're fucking recording here, guy. How about how about preemptively prep your meal? I'm not eating that. It's just out of the bag. I was just opening He's this can and monster. I spilled it all over myself. Holy smokes. Jeez. I'm in the middle of a really good story I'm sorry. here. I tried to love this. I tried waiting till you stopped talking because the noise gate would we get it gonna, out. We were going to clip that. Dude, that was the clip is, right there. Is, dude, and great. now we can't because dude. it's interrupted by your... You thought that stops me? Your percussive Bro, me symphony. cutting you in the middle? Sometimes <laughs> I'll take 20 minutes in between to make a clip. Oh, oh, oh shots I, lo- I like this. I'm going to just You talk and- so slow, I got to make 25 cuts anyway. I like to think. I like to think my way through my words. I'm doing the Kermit the Frog thing right now. So back to the anxiety, because I want you to hear this. Okay. Before we were rudely interrupted. All right. So I hear I hear you with the 11 a.m. after it's not, not sleeping. It's not even that. Not even that? That's not even the bad part. And it's not even waiting for the bags. And it's not even um, waiting at the rental car place and speaking to someone. 
and and finding out that we're you know going to be sitting around driving around some Kia, tiny tiny Kia all all week. It's getting in the car and trying to navigate Italian interstates oh, bro, and so directions. Easy. It's so easy. Okay, but it's I presume where we're going is at least an hour drive, and that hour drive following a night of no sleep and transcontinental travel is straight up dangerous. And that's what gives me the anxiety. Dude, you got to fucking just grab your fucking nuts on this one, man. You're going to be fine. It's going to be so fun. You're going to get out there. It's going to smell like manure. You're going to love it. It's going to be just a beautiful drive through the countryside. It's going to remind you of your time in Provence. Okay. But then here, here there's more. There's more. Okay. okay. Then, also, are you flying into Malpensa? N- yeah, M- Milan. Yeah. Okay. Then you arrive at your hotel and of course they're going to tell you that the room is not ready until 3 p.m. or yeah, some bullshit. Yeah. yeah and by happen. this point you are a shell of yourself. Yeah. You might as well have can't even take a nap. That is a that is a bad part. And then of that. what do you do? Then do you go to a coffee shop? Do you well, screw around? Do you... Well, how nice is the place you stand? Is there other beach chairs? Can you get a cabana? Well, yeah, so so uh maybe cuz it's like a wedding. It's probably a nice place, right? It's a Hilton. They could probably accommodate you at the Hilton, maybe. They have a rooftop pool. And also, if you... There's a way that you can get it so that they can accommodate early check-in potentially for you. Well, this is this is why I'm considering not staying at the hotel, but getting an Airbnb nearby. Because typically with Airbnbs, you can so speak he, to the family and get in sooner. I got another one for you. You could book an additional night the night before. It's expensive. It could be. But I, I see what you're saying, read the Airbnb, but then you won't be at the hotel for the wedding. That sucks. So that's my question. Yeah. Do I want to be among friends you have at the be. hotel, hitting the breakfast buffet, lounging at the rooftop pool? I know how good of a friend this guy is to you. It's a, it would be a crazy move to not say. I hotel. don't even expect to see him all that much. It's just everybody else in the wedding party. Yeah. You're in the wedding party too, right? Yeah. Here's yeah. a little problem. I had hoped to book our hotel room with points as I booked my flight with points, but uh, given that it's part of a room block, oh, you can't. I can't. Mm. Don't have access to that block through my Chase Rewards portal. Uh, so you can't even. Oh, and by going outside of the block, you're fucking people over somehow. No, I think I would just be paying full price for the rooms. Oh, but would you have enough points to cover that? Just about is. I mean, that seems like a pretty solid fucking loophole. So you'd rather you think I would? I should. It's better to use my points and pay full price for the room than to use the reduced room block rate and just pay with a credit card for that. Let me ask you a points question first. Yeah, I don't. I'm like my all my things are like miles, so I'm not as familiar with the point structure. Besides flights and hotels, what do you use the points for? That's it. Okay, and how often do you find yourself using them? I had really, I had hoarded these points, knowing that this for this wedding. And will you will you have points left over if you blow them all in the hotel? Uh, no. Okay. Probably not. I still find that points are accrued to be used in every scenario, whether that means you're hungover and you want to change your flight. They're there to give you flexibility and to make you not have to open your wallet. This idea that you need to store and save them is why the system works for the companies. You get addicted to seeing how many you have. I'm not mm. saying you're doing that, but I say it's absolutely worth it to use all the points and pay full price. Interesting. 
Well, I had I, I purchased, by the way, a refundable ticket on Emirates. Oh, nice. So that we can move it in in the event that we That's end really up smart. sorting out this additional leg in Greece. Oh, together. sick, dude. Yeah, but I wanted to make sure I had it locked. You know. Totally. So that the flights didn't go up a ton and whatever. Um, I believe our girlfriends have corresponded. A they bit did. About it. They did. Hill Dog hit my girl up and she said, I have a proposition for you. And my girl was like, I think I know what you're about to say. <laughs> and that was, uh, that's kind of fun. That's a really a fun fucking thing. fun, man. Um, dude, I think that you are having travel anxiety because it's been so long. I remember you did, you had your France trip. I believe that's your last European trip. If I recall. Yes. Um, and you know, that's at, given the circumstances, it sounded like you got through that swimmingly and it wasn't a big deal. Or that well, we, we flew, we flew business class for that, oh. but we threw, flew on some Portuguese airline. Oh, tap. Yeah. And, yeah. and that's cheap because it, you have yeah. to fly through Lisbon. It's like jet blue too. It's like, right. The business class isn't that much. nicer. It wasn't that great. Yeah, bro. I think you're going to be pleased with Emirates. We'll see. Maybe not. I like, I, be, Emirates coach to to Milan from New York was like five hundred ninety four dollars. It wasn't bad. It's not bad. No, it's not bad. Um, I think that you're gonna have the most incredible time at the wedding. Also, if you end up extending and coming to see us first, you don't even have to fucking worry about any of this stuff but, because you'll be acclimated. And that's true. But but here's the thing: historically, I have not done well adjusting to jet jet lag and new time time zone i struggle i've historically struggled with it and i'm i i wear it outwardly going yes is is by far obviously i wear it outwards and people do not like to be around me and it takes me multiple days i am absolutely grumpy i am the grumpiest of the grumps if you want to be a true fucking warrior you can try to get you a little used to it a few days before i've never it's not it's hard to do discipline what, go to bed at 8 p.m. or some shit? Wake up at 4? Yeah, I guess. Like I, I'm, I'm having trouble converting it in my head. That's what you would have to do. Right. 8 p.m. is 2 a.m. over there. Wake up at 4 is 10 a.m. You're getting there. Yeah, you're getting nobody there. nobody can go to bed at 8 yeah, a.m. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. It's nuts. Yeah. It's, a t- dude, it's an underratedly difficult adjustment. Sucks. Sucks my dick. <laughs> um, you know what you, doesn't suck just, dick? What? Magic spoon. <laughs> Dude, I'll tell you what does suck dick though, and this is this relates to this. Hill Dog, bless her fucking beautiful heart, she has combined the magic spoon with another cereal. And it's like and a cereal that's like less flavorful. Mm. So now it's like a combination and the two cereals should be enjoyed on their own. I agree. I feel like that's crossing the streams. And she doesn't understand why she thinks I'm nitpicking. Does let me ask you this. Does the other cereal that she's combining it with have only zero grams of sugar, fourteen grams of protein, and very few net carbs? Tell you what, Francis, it doesn't. Well, so then then she's totally <laughs> undoing the incredible nutritional goodness of Magic Spoon. And for that, I think she should be she should be clapped in irons. <laughs> We should find a ship and clap her in irons. Send Hill Dog down to the square. <laughs> Put her head in one of those boards and then yeah, the arms yeah. up like she's a scarecrow. Shame. We invite you here today, treason. <laughs> Dude, that's fucking funny. Um, but yeah, so she she's acting like I'm being annoying, but I think that she, her just like making casseroles out of every kind of food is yeah. is unacceptable. No good. No good. What are you what are you a, a, a nine year old at the soda fountain? 
<laughs> little of this and a little of that. And look at it. it's 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 magenta now. Oh, dude. Anyway, it's the frosted flavor, which has become one of my favorites in the variety pack of Magic Spoon. As you know, there's the cocoa, the peanut butter, the fruit flavor, as well as the frosted. I really love the frosted. It's a great fucking treat reminds you of your childhood and it's not unhealthy so we love magic spoon we here. love the magic spoon if you go to magicspoon.com right now and you use promo code oops you will get five dollars off the variety pack which you're going to go through like it is fresh raspberries at the height of summer you're so, not fun yeah trust me get this cereal i've already got people telling me they bought it they love it uh you're not gonna you're not gonna regret it we love magic spoon get some today Love it. So, dude, speaking of Hill Dog, um, we have a rebuttal. Mm. I sa- I made a statement saying that when I travel with Hillary, she needs a concierge. And she didn't like that. <laughs> and this is- Hang on a second. Hang on. Hold on. I need to clarify. Are you saying that she consults the person at the hotel what- for advice on what to do? No. What I meant by that when I said that was that she needs to have... And uh, this is my opinion. Maybe this isn't correct, but I think she might agree. There needs to be some sort of like responsive and alert hotel staff who understands that she's she's having an allergic reaction. She needs to go to the hospital now. Well, that's reasonable. Absolutely. But the way that concierge comes off, the front desk could easily handle that as well. This idea that the concierge concierge just sounds like she's like needy. Yes. What is the difference between concierge and front desk? I don't necessarily even fucking know. I thought that the concierge was at the front desk. So it is, except at a really fancy hotel. And where are they then? This is, for example, I know this this one hotel that one of my friend's families owns. There's this guy, Jean-Marc, who sits perpendicular to the front desk. So he's almost his at his own, own stand. You, and you consult Jean-Marc if I, you need. I am envisioning him <laughs> in a, in a, well, he probably doesn't sit. He does. He sits. John Mark sits. Does he sit in a an, in a wooden chair that's got sort of pearl curved yes. arms? Yes. Yes. I had a feeling. And he wears a different outfit from the front desk people. He sits at a wooden desk. Does he have a tie bar under his tie that props the knot forward? He doesn't, but he could. I think he does. I think stylistically, John Mark prefers not to wear it, but yeah. I think that another concierge might. Big pinstripe suit guy. Right. Flosses every day. Right. Yeah. Perfect that teeth. sort of man. Mm-hmm. Perfect teeth. Absolutely. Okay. Um. So, yes. So, anyway, she said this. She said she felt like she was misrepresented by the concierge. She's never used a concierge. She's never mentioned a concierge in her life. Fair. So, then she said she wanted to give the four reasons. Sorry. The, oh yeah. The four reasons why <laughs> she chooses not to travel with me when I travel on my kind of trips. Uh-huh. And I thought they were really funny, which is why I want to read Just them. Just really quick. This is, thank God my girlfriend doesn't listen to the podcast. <laughs> I would have this sort of a clarification statement to read on every episode. Dude, these are all funny. Yeah, so it, it, you're right, but you're right. So it's a blessing. You yeah. should count your blessings on that one, pal. Number one, and this is from, I'm reading this from her perspective. Number one, I work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that'll you, do it. You go in the middle of the week on a random week and decide the week before. <laughs> Number two, you don't schedule sleep. If I'm going to go away, I don't want to come back with a fever like you do every... (laughs) 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 
if I'm going to go away, I don't want to come back with a fever like you do every single time. Every time. Because again, I have to work during the week and also that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Number three, up until you miss me so much on your Ecuador trip, all the places you wanted to go were places you would have less flexibility to visit when you have children. Your words, including the likes of Syria, Iraq, Yemen, and Libya. With the time off I do take, I'm not going there. Yeah. Um, I can see having a toddler in your papoose a little bit cumbersome in Syria. She's absolutely right about that. She's absolutely right. Oh, yeah. Not easy to dodge the bomb holes when you're carrying a little one in a stroller. Holy shit. So, the, yeah, absolutely. I didn't even think about that. What I had meant by that was that if I decide I want to go to any sort of like conflict zone, not that I do want to, but even a place that used to be a conflict zone, people act like it's still a conflict zone. And then when I'm like, I'm going to go, people would start holding my children in front of my face as a reason why I cannot like as a sort of a bartering chip. And I'll be like, okay, fine. You know what I mean? So that, whatever. Oh, okay. I'm feeling less adventurous these days anyway. Yeah. Anyway, number four, lastly, you have oppressive interests. Something that's fun turns unfun very quickly. Due to the OCD nature of these lists you have. Therefore, enjoy checking those boxes off alone and come home to Hilly Bean. Oh, I love it. What a lovely message. <laughs> Can we clarify that last one? I, I, I just want to make sure I understand that. So oppressive interests, meaning like you are so, um, so, so court, sort of like comprehensive and needing to check off these sort of lists that you've created that the task itself becomes not fun. I think that's the idea. Can you give us an example? Sure. So I think, you know, I, I like this idea of like, okay, where have I not gone? The list itself isn't binding. I don't necessarily feel like I have to complete it. But like the idea of like, oh, I've never gone here. Let's go there. So I see. It's not so much we're in uh, Morocco. I need to do this crazy treasure hunt around the country. It's I need to go to this country because it's part of the list. And it's more Usually. about having stepped, you know, put boots on the ground and plant your flag as opposed to. That can be it. But for example, I think what she means by it, for example, is like we were road tripping from Colorado to California. And obviously there's this list of national parks. And because there's this list of national parks and because there were so many of them along the route, I was like, we should go to all of them. Mm -hmm. Instead of going to four of them oh, and yeah. having and, and taking our time, yeah. we went to 14. That's that's a better example. Listen. The boots on the ground thing definitely applies, but I don't I don't like the idea of just going to Morocco, putting my toes in the sand and going back on the plane. I'd like to spend time there. Listen, yeah. dude, I, I think this is a great point about travel in general, and yeah. that is I am now at the age, 32, where if I am doing one of these trips to Europe or something, you know, the common refrain you'll hear is it's so easy to travel around once you're there. We should go to this place and this place and this place and this, this place. But for me, you know, the last time I went to France, we only went to two places and we were there for like eight or nine days. Yeah. And being able to settle in and get somewhat of a routine in your day, you find the coffee shop you like in the morning, you find the bike rental place or you can rent your bikes for like four days, you get to pick out your restaurants and act, ask people, local people for proper recommendations, you're much more likely to find those hidden gem places 
if you can be there for more than two days. Totally. And two days is typically, when I was younger, what I would allocate for, right. you know, I'm going here, so I'm going to visit this place for two days, and then we're going to jet off to this place. And uh, I, I find slowing down and not biting off more than you can chew is a much more fun, nicer way to travel now. I definitely, I mean, dude, I definitely agree. I definitely yeah. agree. And I know, so like, and to kind of like satisfy this nature that I have of like, wanting to get as much out of it as I can. Mm -hmm. I think that my perfect trip sort of looks like a week of doing a little bouncing around followed by a week in one place. Mm, okay. I've done that before and I've really enjoyed that. Um, it's maybe still a little overly ambitious, but I, I do have an issue with knowing what you just said, mm -hmm. but still feeling this need to try to like maximize and by, by overly maximizing you minimize. You do. You know, you, you, you feel rushed. You, you feel rushed. You feel harried. You feel stressed. You feel worried that every decision you make is wrong and therefore you're going to do it wrong. Yeah. You never have a moment to, to somehow wash your clothes. Yeah. Think about that. I know. And then you end up wearing these stenched, <laughs> filled, you know, nasty, sweaty things. You start compromising on what, what really clean means. <laughs> And uh, by the end of it, you're a, a haggard gypsy, you know, returning home from war. We don't want that. No. We don't want that for you. No. Guys, if you're thinking about starting a podcast, fill in the blanks here. If I were in a concert right now and I said, if you're thinking about starting a podcast, I'd then turn the microphone to all of you sitting in the stadium and you would all yell, anchor, anchor. And then you'd say, go to anchor.fm to download the software where you could host your very own podcast, see all the best analytics. You could see it in a way that was really user-friendly and nice and not too technical and industry jargony. It's a way that any person can look at it and be like, ooh, that's pretty. And also it's our podcast. And you, there's no minimum listenership required to advertise and monetize. So you can immediately have ads when you hit the ground running. It's really exciting, really spectacular. If you want to start your very own podcast, anchor.fm, download it now. I want to do a quick shout out here to a guy that some people may know, comedian Dan Soder. Uh, it was his birthday yesterday. And the reason I want to bring up Dan Soder is because uh, Dan Soder, obviously, is very funny, very well-respected comedian. He's on Billions. Um, He's done our pod. That's right. He did our pod in... During the pandy. Quarantine. I forgot about a lot of those wonderful guests we I had. So totally, dude. But Dan Soder is a comedian that I have found who... Every comedian professes to be nice, mm -hmm. right? We put on a nice face, but there's a lot of bullshit and a lot of false smiles and kindness. Dan Soder is the real deal, and I'll tell you what I mean by that. We happen to have the same manager. Our manager's assistant uh, had been on the desk for as long as I had been with, the, with that team, and he decided to go to law school to pursue a law degree so that he can hopefully go into like entertainment law or something. And as a last gesture to thank this young man, I reached out to three comedians who are also represented by our, our manager. And I said, hey, guys, you know, this guy's going away to law school. I think it'd be nice if we got him a gift to thank him for all the angry phone calls that we've had to you know, the hours that he's spent on the phone with us, all the itineraries he's drawn up when, when we go on the road, 
you know, basically the 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 fact that he has to take the sting off of our anger before we finally get patched through to the to the main to agent. the main guy. Um, and two of the comedians, one of them was like, "I'm actually leaving AGI, so I'm not. No, I'm not doing it." Mm-hmm. And then the other one didn't even respond. And I'm not going to out those two guys. And so I just figured, like, oh man, maybe I got this wrong. You know, mm-hmm. maybe this isn't something that's done. Dan Soder then reached out to me like separate from that group chat a couple days later and he's like, yo, fuck those guys. Let's absolutely do it. We'll just split the gift. <laughs> and we bought this guy like a $500 watch. That's really and nice. And I know it meant a lot to that young man and he wears it. And uh, that was the first thing that like Dan made the effort and was was really nice and like Venmo me the money for it. And then uh, the other thing was I was at the stand last week, two weeks ago. And waiting to go on stage. And believe it or not, I had actually just had uh, a bit of a fight with my girlfriend that was, you know, it was, it was intense and heavy and it was about our future and kind of, I was a little shaken from it. And mm-hmm. unfortunately, I had to leave my apartment before we could really resolve it. Mm, that's terrible. And so I was driving into the city and of course she called me and we were both pretty upset and I somehow had to get my the pieces of my brain together to go fucking perform comedy mm. in the midst of this rug pulled from beneath me life turmoil inducing event and i showed up and i was i was it was clearly apparent that i was a little dazed from this and wobbly and and not not you know i was probably a bit pale and 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 scared because <laughs> I, I obviously love my girlfriend um and Dan Soder was there, and he noticed, and he said, are you okay, man? And I said, like, you know, honestly, I just had this kind of come-to-Jesus scary conversation with my girlfriend, and I don't really know if everything's okay. And I, I, And he, like, really took the time to sort of walk me through it, hear me out, and be a comforting ear. And I don't normally go to lengths like this to... I guess compliment a, a comedian, a specific person. But I just wanted to say that in this industry we're in of so many fake, fraudulent, nonsense people, Dan Soder stands up to the merits of uh, a good person, and I hold him in very high regard. It's very nice, dude. That's very nice. Yeah. I, I too hold him in very high regard. He's one of those guys who you, you never hear people say anything bad about him. Yeah. Um, he once, I, I did a gig with him in, in Irvine one time and I, I called him up, asked him for a ride, gave me a ride. We hung out. It was fun. I always, I, the one thing though, I'll be honest, and this is, I'm not going to like play devil's advocate at all. I think he's a great guy, but I always am concerned if he actually likes me or not. It's hard to know. I feel like, I feel hard like to know. he has really good social skills. He's really good at making you feel important when you see him. I'm always kind of wondering. I'm like, fuck. I bet, like, there's like a chance that he just like doesn't actually like me. No, I I don't think that's the case. (laughs) I don't know. I don't. I don't. I would be surprised if that were the case. I think he. I think he's just a little harder to read. Yeah. uh, But that's fine. And I can tell you that I had that same feeling. But then he's those two instances have made me think. You know, man, this guy's a good dude. That's really nice, dude. Yeah. Yeah, I I I like the story about the watch. I should be better about that with agents and stuff. I mean, I don't have. I don't know, the same kind of infrastructure. Well, but this still. particular assistant had, in my mind, gone so far above and beyond the call of duty. Um, 
I mean, I would be driving, you know, from Fairfield, Connecticut to Syracuse and then to Albany and then back to the city. And you've got these just endless stretches of, of highway where you're alone going to a mall to perform at a it's funny bone, funny bone. Yeah. And you don't know anybody and you're staying at a holiday Inn express. And, and I would call him and he would stay on the phone with me for an hour and a half. You guys just chatting. Yeah. That's nice. And a lot of the time I'd sort of be ranting and expressing my dis- dismay that certain things hadn't happened. Why wasn't I getting this and things I thought I was owed. And he would just take it all, you know, mm-hmm. and sort of sponge away my anger. And uh, <laughs> or, and then ultimately we would leave happy. Sometimes the conversation was happier. I loved this assistant. I love my uh, manager's new assistant, whom I met, for, by the way, for the first time last night. Uh, despite us having spoken on the phone similarly for hours oh uh, yeah yeah he finally we finally met in person he came to the show and he's a great guy you know i think i met the assistant you're talking about was that the guy he had been before the assistant for a while y- yes mm-hmm. yeah he i seemed, think you may have yeah. he seemed like a nice kid great guy yeah dude fucking love to see it so uh yeah man you, you know what else you could have gotten him as a gift you could have gotten you should have sent him a pair of bird dogs should i have <laughs> i think he would have appreciated you could those have. it was just the cherry on top you know you're going into your, your, your second year in law school you're dominating your classes you're you're graduate you're you know flying with distinction uh and, and the only way to really become the top of your class is by by getting yourself a nice pair of bird dogs. It's so true, man. <laughs> the just, top students wear bird dogs, that's for sure. It's just the best fucking pair of shorts, pants that you can ever wear. It really is. I'm wearing some right now. I've got some camo puppies on here. Uh, the underwear liner doesn't grab or ride up. It's built in. It's all you need. I'm doing the Trump hands. Uh, it's amazing. <laughs> I, I absolutely love these shorts, and so do you. We wear them all them. the time. They're fantastic. And if you go to birddogs.com and you use promo code OOPS right now, you'll get something. <laughs> Something's coming to you in addition to your shorts. So go Dude, to birddogs.com. While we're on the bird dog subject, real quickly, because we've been talking about travel so much, bird dogs are the best thing you can bring on vacation. That's true. Because they double as shorts and a bathing suit. Mm-hmm. So like you can wear them for multiple things and save a lot of room in your suitcase. So because of the travel theme, that's something I wanted to bring up. Birddogs.com. I, yeah, birddog.com, promo code OOPS. I, I got a funny story to, that's tangentially related to, to bird dogs. Love it. So my parents, you know, are retired, but they're, I guess they're somewhat retired. My mom is on the, the a lot of boards, you know, and, and of nonprofits. And as far as I can tell, the demands of those of that work is 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 more than any paying job she ever had (laughs) dude she spends so much time prepping these you know meetings and it's intense and she's stressed about it um but i think it's very rewarding you just when you're when you're working with nonprofits, like fundraising is just fucking hell dude dude i can't even imagine begging people for money and you've got to raise millions of dollars every year i know Every year, every year you get there and you're like, oh, we barely made it. And then you got to start from scratch again. It's crazy. You got to start from scratch again. So is is there a, a like part of it? Do you think the people who start to get involved in it have this illusion that it's going to be less involved work or and is it less involved work? I think people get still sucked involved? in. I think, it, you know, you get in, you, you have an idea of what you want your role to be. And then inevitably they're short staffed or right, whatever right. it is that there, there aren't many 
as far as I know, there aren't many uh, nonprofits that are like, hmm, you know, we don't, why don't you take a vacation? <laughs> totally. <laughs> and, and dude, in the best possible way, it's almost like you're buying into some kind of like idea. Yeah. And because of that, the idea is greater than everybody. And therefore it can become a very difficult thing. Right. It's a, in a positive way, but it's like, we are, we stand for this. We're going to do it at all costs. Right. Including making you fucking work all day long. Yeah. Yeah. Because you believe in it. Yeah. And you know, I know that the one, I don't want to say it cause I don't want to draw too many lines to, to my mom, but, uh, <laughs> the one that she's really involved with, um, is something that she was super passionate about before she became involved with the board. Right. Um, and that would have been in trouble if not, if, if she hadn't said if people like her, didn't take a vested interest Right. because it's, it's one thing, you know, like imagine PBS, right? Public broad broadcasting service. Mm -hmm. Um, that channel and they you know they've got like they government funding though they are but right. they still need to raise money right um it's not just grant based like the you know and you watch people there are people out there who watch pbs i think sesame street was on pbs dude right? frontlines on pbs yeah there's a the lot best of great new show that exists exactly a lot of great programs um on there that people really enjoy so it's one thing to watch it and just be like i just you know we all just watch these things or we read Wikipedia mm -hmm. and then Wikipedia puts out it's like fund it fundraising help us. Do you ever donate to that? I haven't, and I kind of feel bad about it. Dude, one of my boys does. I was like, You do that? He's like, Yeah, dude. I think I, I think like, people do, and and it you've got to somehow connect the dots being like, it it's me. They need me, yeah. you know, yeah, to yeah, give yeah. five dollars. Right. You don't have to give something insane. Right. Everybody gave five dollars. I use Wikipedia constantly. I'm always looking up Jacob DeGrom's like stats from the 2017 season or like, you know, <laughs> right. always what's, what's LeBron's personal life. What's his wife's name? How many kids does he have? I like skip to personal life of people. Totally. You know, I'm, I'm always using Wikipedia for that stuff. Dude, so absolutely. It was funny. So this is my boy, Phil, who I think you've met briefly. Yeah. Um, He's like, bro, of course I donate. He's like, Wiki's the goat, man. Come on. Yeah. I was like, wow, shit, you're right. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Kind of makes you feel a little bad about it. I know. Yourself. It made yeah. me feel a little bad. Dude, it's funny you talk about the nonprofit stuff. Um, I've noticed that like something similar, and I, I had never put my finger on it until I just heard you say it. But I know some people too who have like transitioned out of traditional careers. It might not be the exact same thing as what happened with your mom or whatever. But like, and then they get involved in this nonprofit world doing causes they really believe in. And they're like not working anymore, but they are like fully fucking working. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And maybe, the, and they're passionate about it and that's great. But like, it's like, oh fuck, you have a job. Yeah. You know? Totally. Totally. It's consuming. So, you know, it's, it's a strange thing to say my parents are retired, but I guess they are. The one thing I notice about my parents that to me definitely means they're retired is that they play a lot more golf. <laughs> and they do they play together they do That's my mom really nice. is picked the game picked the game up eight years ago wow is now a 10 handicap won the club what? championship at their club in florida two years ago has broken 80 what she's the real deal what yeah dude she's the real what deal. what the fuck yeah dude that's crazy so she's amazing and um they were playing they, they've kind of found these networks through golf of friends and i think there's like a some kind of organization that invites you to different clubs if you join it um and it's all like people over 60 or whatever mm -hmm. so they were in 
near Boston a couple days ago playing, and they were assigned to caddy. And <laughs> uh, okay, so <laughs> when I worked at Barstool, my parents didn't even really know what it was. And then at some point, they started picking up on the fact that all of a sudden people knew who I was. Right. And they also definitely Did you not knew. tell them? Dude, when people, when, like, I, I gotta be honest, the first, do- you know, dozen times people recognize me, I literally called my parents to tell them. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> it's so exciting. It's so fun, dude. Well, it all happened overnight for me. Right, right. And then, uh, and then it was just something that sort of, but it was not. It was not something I was ever like proud of because why? Because I always felt like I was being recognized because I worked for a company, not because of something I had accomplished. That is not right. Well, the those these people would come up, and then they'd be the first. They would be like, "What's what's it like to work with Dave? What's Dave like? What's Big Cat like?" Right. You know. And then you're like, oh, I'm simply a, a conduit to the people they're, they're, they're really bigger fans of. Okay, fine. But I bet you that, you know, over time, if they ran into those people, they would ask you what Francis is like. Uh, maybe, maybe, uh, maybe, uh, whatever. The, 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 the point is, the point is, as my parents caught murmurs, my dad started really enjoying telling people that his son that i was his son and then gauging you know whether or not they were like fans mm-hmm. um and and it 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 really bothered me <laughs> because first of all barstool is a controversial company yeah and my dad had no sense of whether or not the person he was asking might be like oh my god i love barstool i read them every day your son's francis love his work or he wouldn't have known whether that it was going to be that or like, wait, your son works for Barstool. Fuck you. Right. And they would probably not let on let on to the fact that they felt that way. Maybe not. But still. Yeah. But there there are just certain. All right. So I'll give you an example. Okay. <laughs> My dad went to guest lecture a class at Colby College. Okay. To Maine, on on right? technology. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In Maine. And because he's he's big in uh, into, you know, robotics. Really? Yeah. Because his cool. he had a software company in Maine and, and, and he, he I think they had a grant or a scholarship at the University of Maine. Was he, it like, did they do robotics stuff? My dad's company didn't, but that became his passion, cool. like kind of cool. his side passion, especially in, you know, in building computer and coding classes at Maine universities like the University of Southern Maine the University of Maine, and then also trying to bring uh, computer engineering classes to high schools in Maine, cool, which cool. where it didn't exist. Dope. Because he certainly had seen the benefit of, you know, learning the language of computers and especially starting kids at a younger age. Right. Um, and it's very basic coding stuff that's happening that they're, they're giving to these high school kids. But, you know, you have these underprivileged high schools in Maine, like in, in Lewiston and some of the poorer towns. And by giving some of these these kids access to like even just a, a, a start a starter class yeah, on, on on coding you could be opening a, a, an just unbelievable makes you competitive. door for yeah, them yeah totally so that's his like great passion awesome. um sort of spreading the language of computers and 
uh, he went to this class at Colby. And Colby is a NESCAC school. It's in the family of Wesleyan and mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> Bowdoin. And, Amherst. Yeah, all those schools. schools. And, you know, you got to believe Maine, you know, super progressive, probably super liberal. Uh, and he goes up there, does this class. And then um, <laughs> after the class ended or as he's ending his speech, he said something like, you know, do, by the way, do any of you guys follow Barstool? Said this to the class. Oh, no. And some people were like, yeah, or whatever. And he's like, my son writes for them, Francis Ellis or whatever. Anyway, and like said that. And look, this enraged me. <laughs> and it, it shouldn't have. Our parents are proud of yeah, us. Yeah. That's all it is. Of course. But it enraged me because I know that there were probably at least 10 people in that class who had a visceral hive breakout reaction to him even saying the, the word barstool. I know, I know. And he has to know his time and place yeah. to drop that nugget. Not the audience. Here is, and I found this out, by the way, because someone in the fucking class DM'd me. Oh my God. It's like, yo, your dad came and lectured and then brought up like that you worked for Barstool, asked if anyone knew. And I just, oh my God, it was so, just so bad. But, you know, fortunately, I'm at an age where I wasn't going to scream at him. Younger years, me would have screamed at him. But now I have the... Yeah, we do it. Yeah, don't embarrass me. Um, now, so so the, the flip side of that is last week, they're playing golf in Boston. They have a caddy, mm-hmm. right? And once again... My mom's telling me this story, right? And she knows that I don't like it when he brings up who I am or where mm-hmm. I worked and stuff like that. And my mom, so my mom's telling me this story. So she starts telling me and she remembers midway through the story that I don't like it when he does this. So she's like, so we had this caddy and, you know, he was a young guy and I, I don't really know how we got on the topic, but <laughs> somehow, you know... <laughs> comedy came up maybe barstool and anyway he knew you i guess (laughs) he knew you and we loved this guy so we thought it would be fun to get him a pair of bird dogs because he said (laughs) that he knew us you know and he's like uh, he's seen the the ads i've done with them and you know he's, he's listened to the pod so I think they're going to send him a pair of bird dogs <laughs> using our promo code. Oops. But that's the that's the whole story. And that that's to cute, me, dude. talking to a golf caddy who's a young man in Boston, that's the time and place, right, right. mom and dad, right. to bring up that's the guy who I am. If you must, if you must do it. That's cute, dude. Yeah. Gotta love parents. Yeah, man. Well, we're going to do the same thing, you know? Oh, for sure. Unless our kids are fucking addicts. Who oh, brought no. shame oh, no. to the family? And then we're not gonna be like, you don't know the uh, Betty Ford Center in uh, oh, no. in Malibu, oh, do you? No. My son did his fourth visit there. <laughs> oh God! Uh. Knock on wood. Well, dude, lo- listen, love it. Your parents sound really sweet. I love hearing a couple of stories about you getting frustrated since I have fucking thousands of them. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but it's funny. But dude, but I want to read Nemo before I get into that. I have a funny observation about my dad. I mean, I complain about my dad a little bit. Like, you know, cheekily, like, it's fine. Love my dad. He's great. 
Um, he's kind of just like stumbles through the world, like making it his own. Um, <laughs> but the thing that's so funny about my dad, dude, and I've, I've, I wish I had this quality and I've never been able to figure it out, but he is unbelievably productive and I don't know when he does it. Like when I'm talking to him, he's hitting, he goes to a field to hit golf balls and then he collects the golf balls. He doesn't even go to a driving range. He goes to a field with his own balls and he hits them and then picks them up. Uh, and he also goes, he'll go golfing. He goes fishing, but bro, the guy like is just, he's published like four or five books. Oh my God. He just wrote another one. I have absolutely no idea when he writes. <laughs> Every time I call him, he's golfing. I, it's, dude, it's nuts. Like he is net or he's going to Costco or he's like, <laughs> yeah. he's doing errands. He's buying pies. I don't know what he's doing, but buying it's not, cheesecakes. but it's not writing. Yep. And it's incredible to me. So I just want to acknowledge that, Dad. I find that very impressive. Well, so how well you schedule your time. Okay. Do you think there's a chance that he's doing it at night? Do you do you know if he has a time when Dude, he? This the when it happens to him at night. If he's not downstairs sleeping on the couch while my mom starts a movie and says, "You promise you're not going to fall asleep?" Because I'm same not going to. Thing, same thing. Same thing. Gone immediately. To my parents. Five minutes. Not not even. If he's not doing that, he's upstairs watching YouTube clickbait videos on the couch, waiting for my mom to be ready for bed. So they can go to bed together. And dude, I I introduced him to the idea of clickbait. I was like, yeah, it's like a thing that makes you click, but then it's nothing good. He goes, yeah, why do they do that? <laughs> <laughs> My dad's just looking for Megalodon videos or something. <laughs> dude, so funny. Parents are so behind, bro. <laughs> videos. I wish I could say that I have not watched the opening beach scene of that movie about the mega shark. Oh yeah, I have too. Meg. The Meg. Yeah. I've never watched the movie, but I've I've certainly seen that opening scene. <laughs> oh my god! Thanks, YouTube. Needed to be made. Yeah. That's so funny. Um. All right. Shout out to the to the fam. We got mm. some emails. Here we go. Uh, this one is titled saying, I love you to your girlfriend. Ooh. Hey guys, been listening to the podcast, uh, since the beginning of the pandy. Don't miss an episode. Appreciate you, bro. Um, I've been in a serious relationship for my first time ever. I'm 24 for the past six months. Uh, we've been dating and we haven't said, I love you to each other yet, but I can tell she is waiting for me to say it first. I haven't said it yet because in my opinion, saying I love you is a serious milestone and I want to make sure I feel that way before saying it to her. That being said, I do know people who will tell their girlfriend they love them within the first month of knowing them because it doesn't mean as much to them. Very curious to hear your guys' perspective on saying I love you to your girlfriend or if you have any weird situations around that moment in a relationship. Oh, this is great. Yeah. I have a couple thoughts. As do I. Go for so it. So my first thought is people shouldn't be afraid of, of saying I love you too soon i don't think that that's something people should be afraid of at all i also don't think it's like some kind of crazy you know special spell that you only get to cast three times in your life and then you're out of it you know it's it's mm -hmm. entirely possible to love multiple people in your life and it does not dilute the power of the word the more you say it necessarily dude totally you could say it to somebody and then later realize that you don't anymore or maybe you didn't in the first place and that's a perfectly fine realization that just means you need to probably move on and get out of that relationship dude, totally you're not bound 
to her or him simply because you said I love you. It's not a child, you know, that you handed to their arms and said, you're the father, you're the mother. Um, I also, I think it's an incredibly empowering word. I think that, you know, the times that in my life that I've said it, I think I've said it and meant it to really two women um, that I've dated. And I said it to my, my, to my girlfriend now fast. I think it was maybe a month. Wow. After our first date. Wow. And, you know, people might have said that that was fast. Here we are three years later living together. Right. So who was wrong? Did I did I pull the trigger too fast? I don't think so. Dude, proof is in the pudding. Yeah. Well done. What are your thoughts? Um, I agree. I think, you know, if you mean it, say it like I know there's this fear. You're like, I'll scare them away, whatever. But like, I I don't know. Like if you're feeling the if you're feeling like you love somebody, typically there's some kind of like mutual thing going on yeah you know like to a degree like you're not imagining things um i do have a couple like stories to give some perspective i guess for you maybe but like for example current girlfriend i waited a little longer than you it might have been because she sort of like kept it slow she like kept me on her pace at her pace um but i probably said it three months in and i literally said it i prefaced it with i don't i know this is probably too fast for you I mean it. I'm going to say it. You don't have to say it back. You said that like that yeah. before you said I love you? No, I don't think so. I think I said it and then I think I said that after. Uh, uh, okay, okay. Because okay. I think I I think I knew she wasn't ready to say that to me. Sure. And she didn't say it to me. How long after you first opened the can did she open her can? I'm not totally sure. I want to guess a couple months later. Wow. Maybe even a few months did later. Did you continue to say it? after the first time and and all the way up until she finally said it back as i recall sparingly but yes uh-huh i would say were you nudging it became her? a little joke no i wasn't even nudging her. okay i was like very adamant about being like i i can come in hot just let me come in hot and i'll let you come in not hot mm-hmm. and we'll try to figure it out mm-hmm. and that worked for us i remember in high school this was really silly at the end of high school I was leaving for college, obviously, and I had this girlfriend who I just started dating. And I said, I'm going to say this once. I'm never going to say it again because it's going to be too painful. But I love you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that was the only time you said that to no. her? No. Then I, we immediately started saying it to each other. <laughs> but like classic, stupid, young person. Yeah. I mean, look, I don't count any I love yous but from the high school era un- unless you end up staying with that person yeah almost yeah. What, no, I, what do you I, know? I, I, I still count it but i understand what you're saying you i it's very easy i would also say to confuse lust with love um, yeah i agree with that because too. lust can be a very consuming powerful feeling you know and, and and feeling the deep desire for someone feeling excitement every time you touch them or you're around them wanting to make plans to you know to to hang out with each other every night um you know it it it's easy for that to 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 bear all the features of of love but i think um i think love kind of morphs you know because it can start as lust and then it sort of settles into itself right and becomes more of like a you know, some, something someone once said to me was like, I can't envision my life without her. 
Mm-hmm. And and that may have somewhat of a selfish tone to it, but to me, that is that is a constant, that is a that is a, a force, a block of love. Right. In a way. Right. Um but dude, to your emailer's point, he said he thinks that she's been waiting for him to say it. So right. it certainly doesn't sound as if she won't say it back. Or, and also, did, I'm, it's unclear, I guess I have to read, did it sound to you like he was ready, even? No. Yeah, I haven't said I love you. Um, yeah, I, you know, you'll say it when you're ready. Don't, feel, don't say it because you feel like you have to. You don't owe anybody that. That, yeah. is, that is for you. That has nothing to do with her. Like, it, it, she's involved, but you are the one who gets to decide that. And you not feeling that way, you didn't do anything wrong. She doesn't get to, like, decide that you feel that way. Right. You know? Right. And if you're getting there, I mean, th- this email is from a little while ago, so I'd be curious if he hears this, um, mm. if he wants to give us an update, if he ever said it or not. It is it is fine, I think, for a guy to tell a woman, I love you, and for her not to say it back. You can continue to exist in happiness together, as you and Hill Dog did, mm-hmm. but do you think it can work where a girl leads off? says it first and the guy wouldn't say it back so i think it could however i have a story of somebody that i know personally where this happened she said it to him and he dumped her and dude talk about a backfire and tbh i felt like this girl was a reach for this guy to begin with like she is the superior partner in the relationship in my opinion so i was surprised that she sort of put herself in that position and maybe I'm under underestimating this guy, but this girl is a lovely, uh, lovely person and a hot catch. And I was surprised that she ended up in that kind of situation. But to your point, it seems maybe like a tougher situation to be in for for the girl. Saying I don't know, I can't imagine a girl saying "I love you" and me being like, "Okay, we need to break up." Yeah, like, I can't imagine getting to that point. I just, but I don't know. That's a <laughs> that's a real brick wall. Yeah, that tough. they're running into if you don't say it back to so, them. So, I don't know if that's like any sort of proof of anything, but to your point, I agree maybe it's a little easier for like the guy who's in pursuit most of the time, I guess, right? Yeah. Traditionally, it's not always like that. It's I've, a certainly, little traditional, I've certainly been yeah. I've certainly been pursued, mm-hmm. but um, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, but not to not to I love you status. Maybe. Right, 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 right. So, yeah. I don't know. that's great food for thought yeah what a fun episode thank you all as always for listening we adore your company we are oops the podcast send any of your thoughts or stories like that straight to oops the podcast at gmail.com we love offering advice whether you want us to or not um he is not julio on instagram check out pack light and keep an eye out for his upcoming amazing footage and series from his trip to ecuador uh, join my Patreon and the book club. We are July 14th coming right up. Yeah, that's a uh, woman in the window. I mean, you guys are right here. So I uh, hope you've read the book and I'll see you guys there. Patreon.com Francis Ellis. We love you and we will see you guys soon.